0: from KQED. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Dia de los Muertos, the annual Latin American tradition of honoring the dead. We'll take on a special significance this year with the pandemic and the disproportionate number of deaths and hardships being felt in the Latinx community. We'll look at the tradition and the lessons it provides for healing, coping, and understanding death. And we want to hear from you. What does Dia de los Muertos mean for you? And if you want to say a word or two about someone you'll be remembering, please feel free. You can call us at 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQB Forum or email us at forum at kqed.org. We're joined now by cultural and spiritual expert Lara Medina from Cal State University Northridge. Lara Medina, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. First, could you just start by reminding us about the beliefs and spirituality, the beliefs about spirituality and death that are embedded in Día de los Muertos?
1: Yes, absolutely. Let me say first that this is a really profound tradition in the Latinx cultural and spiritual practices. Um, and it's grounded in a, in a worldview that's very different from the Western worldview, because this tradition is based on the belief that the the boundaries between the living and the dead are permeable and um they're fluid. And so during these days, we are actually we actually have the the privilege of visiting with our dead once again and that's the power of this tradition is that it gives us that permission to talk about our dead annually to gift them with with material offerings um, to share our stories about our dead and in that process that's where the healing occurs and that's a very different worldview than the Western worldview, which pretty much, you know, silences the dead and the grieving not long after a funeral,
2: Hmm.
1: because it's often seen as um, we're not adjusting well to a death if we continue to talk about them. But again, this tradition gives us permission every year and throughout the year to talk about our dead.
0: Talking about our dead, thinking about and how intertwined death is as a part of of life, and as you say, how sort of interconnected it is with with living, how is that healing?
1: Yes, it's very mystical and even magical how it happens. Um, but when we when we close ourselves down after death excuse me, that prevents healing from happening. Um, The grieving process, as we know, can be very long and it can last a lifetime. But this tradition allows for different aspects of the grieving process to occur, you know, from the tears, from the sorrow, to the joy in remembering the role that person played in our lives. And um, that duality and or that inclusivity of, of those emotions is what is healing. And um, I do want to talk a bit about the ofrenda or making the offering Please. to our dead as the central part of this tradition.
0: Yes. If you could do tell us more about that, I think often a lot of attention is paid on the the costumes, the the skulls, we're seeing more and more of these icons commercially as well. But I don't know that we really talk about the celebration itself and all the activities, the ofrendas, and how they should be interpreted. So please, yes, describe the ofrendas for us.
1: Okay. Yeah, let me say that, you know, the festivities that we're seeing more and more now, the colorful, um, you know, garments, the the face painting, all of that's very beautiful and fun. But that is only part of the tradition. What has to be really understood is that the ofrenda, which is, which means offering, um, the physical creation of a beautiful um, shrine or a sacred space, you know, in your home or in a public area, <clears throat> is really where the healing takes place. Um, and that it can be very simple or it can be very elaborate. Um, What, what is most important is the intention that goes into making the ofrenda and, um, excuse me, the ofrenda, you know, consists, traditionally consists of flowers, particularly the marigold or the cempasuchi flower for its color, but also, um, you know, in traditional um, agricultural communities, the marigold prevented um, insects from eating the, the harvest. And, um, and so the, the marigold is traditional, very present, very visible in this ofrenda. And um, it's, it's all also said that the bright color and the smell of the marigold attracts the spirits. So they know where to go to receive their offerings. Um, so flowers, candles, water, um, other drinks that they might have liked, um, food offerings, and even symbolic material um, uh, objects that either represent their lives or that they might enjoy now. And all of that really challenges, again, the Western worldview, where it's seen as absurd to lay out food for your (laughs) dead or drink or objects that they can enjoy, you know, in the afterlife. That really seems absurd. But in the, in the, Indigenous worldview that that is the foundation of this tradition, that makes total sense. Because again, the the veil or the, I call it a veil between the living and the dead or the physical world and the spiritual world, that veil can be penetrated during these days when the, the, the dead actually have permission, they actually are able to return to the land of the living and visit us through their spiritual presence. Um and so, so you know, if we have a beautiful ofrenda in our homes or in our communal spaces, the next important part of this tradition is to tell the stories about who we're remembering in front of the ofrenda. And even if you're alone, you can do this by recalling, <clears throat> excuse me, by recalling the memories. Um, Yeah.
0: Laura Medina, do you want me to give you just a moment to to get a sip of water? And I can remind listeners that we're talking with Laura Medina, professor of Chicana and Chicano studies at California State University, Northridge. We're talking about what Dia de los Muertos means to you in 2020. And also, if you do want to say a word or two about someone you're remembering, please feel free to do that as well. Let me go to Connie in San Francisco. Hi, Connie. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Go right ahead.
2: Doing well. I was just—I I love the idea of being able to uh, say aloud about honoring uh, someone who died, and that would be my mother. And I—I like hearing what uh, your guest said about how to do it from the indigenous people's uh, side of honoring. And we, my—we uh, take my mom's ashes, like I've done it since she died five years ago, and. Um, toss them around the ocean she's from texas originally and loved california and loved the ocean so we honor her with that and then i do like candles uh quite often for her and it just you know she she raised six kids by herself she was a, a really wonderful woman um not perfect whatsoever but it, honoring someone that you care about so much is
0: is just a, a wonderful thing Well, Connie, thanks so much for sharing that. Really appreciate it. Um, Lara Medina, what are you hearing in terms of the ways that people will be honoring the dead this year in their Dia de los Muertos um, celebrations that is different because of the pandemic?
1: Yes. Um, What most uh, organizations and schools are doing, universities, is um, doing it virtually. Um, so that their members in their organization or, or, um, public members are able to actually show their ofrendas on, um, through zoom events or through, um, yeah, mostly zoom events so that, um, you know, we can still have this, this communal experience, um, and seeing the, uh, ofrendas, you know, more up close, um, through the camera is going to be really exciting. Um, so I know that, um, for example, UC Berkeley, the Latinx Research Center, they're going to be doing a virtual event. Um, Self-help graphics in Los Angeles will be doing a virtual event. Uh, my university, um, we're starting tonight with what's called a Noche de Ofrenda, where it is a more intimate um, experience of you know again, showing the ofrendas, but also telling a bit of the stories um called testimonios about who we're remembering. Um, so you know this the the pandemic um is not preventing us from practicing this tradition, and even this year it's even really important that we do this because you know there is so much grief. the majority of us in the society are experiencing grief either from the pandemic or from you know, police state violence on brown and black bodies. So we have a lot to grieve about. Um, and even if we're not gonna be involved in an event virtually, again, it's really important that we do this in our living spaces. Um, even if we're alone, we can do it. But gather the family members, you know, um, creating art is a big part of this tradition it's really easy now to just go out to you know commercial stores and um, buy you know ready-made products representing um day of the dead um that really robs us of the um practice of creating art for our dead so i highly recommend that we you know create art um simple things. Uh, there's so many um, online resources now. Um, and, but also support our independent artists who are making art for the dead. Um, and, you know, teach our young ones what this tradition really means. And also, I want to add that it's a beautiful way to teach family history, um, particularly to young ones who might not have known those who are being remembered in our families. And so through the the photographs or the symbols, you know, we can teach that family history to our young ones.
0: Let me go next to caller Roy in Fremont. Hi, Roy.
3: Hi. Good, good morning.
0: Thanks so much for joining can us, Roy. Can you hear me? Yeah. What would you like to share?
3: Well, I would like to share that, you know, we somehow have to amplify the Dia de the Los Muertos so that We can remind people every day of how important our ancestors are, you know? Like, we just, we come from somewhere, we don't just come out of a black hole, you know? And I don't think the Latinos are the only ones that should be kind of doing this. You know, the Halloween thing kind of takes over for the Dia de los Muertos, but that completely erases the cultural aspect of it in regards to, you know, bringing Requiem to your ancestors, you know, the reminder. And that, that was basically it, really.
0: Yeah. Well, Roy, thanks. And thanks for reminding us, too, that um, a lot of Medina, a lot of people conflate Halloween and Day of the Dead.
1: Yeah. Well, let me say I totally agree with um, uh, the speaker, Roy. Um, yeah, this is not a Mexican Halloween. <laughs> and it's really important to, you know, to to state that because still so many people are confused. Um because of the shared, you know, image of the the skeleton. Um, But I'm glad he said that this is not just for Latinos because, yes, all people of all ethnicities can participate in this tradition and receive its healing properties if they they really understand, you know, what this tradition is about and the essential aspects of it. you know, the celebrations uh, for Día de los Muertos, again, are fun, or beautiful, but there has to be a more meditative and reflective aspect to what we do. Um, and that healing, it's, it is available to all peoples.
0: Lara Medina is a professor of Chicana and Chicano studies at California State University, Northridge, also an expert on cultural and uh, religious traditions, spiritual traditions. And you can join the conversation at 866-733-6786. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org about what Dia de los Muertos 2020 means to you and also about somebody that you may be remembering this year. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The other thing that Roy's comment reminds me of is also just the reminder that this celebration gives us, which is that a relationship, I mean, in him saying that it's something that we should be thinking about every day, that that a relationship with a loved one doesn't end when they die. I mean, I think that's something that's been really powerful for me to think about with regard to Dia de los Muertos.
1: Yes, exactly. And um, that is what offers healing is that it allows us to remain in relationship with our dead. And I often say it allows us to continue to commune with our dead Um, because uh, through the ofrenda, it's it's like a bridge between uh, the living and the dead. And um, that the how can I say the healing that happens as we cross that bridge or as the dead cross that bridge, that's ongoing. It just doesn't last, you know, the the few days that we call Dia de los los Muertos that continues on throughout the year. And then annually we renew it. We renew that relationship. We strengthen the communication and um, that's what makes this healing ongoing
0: well, this listener writes, my father was the Mexican consul in Atlanta and he died this past year. An altar for Dia de los Muertos at the consulate has been dedicated to his memory. The people he served and the staff of the consulate remember him. Well, I want to thank the listener for sharing that with us and, and very sorry to hear about that loss. Um, well, let me go next quickly to Gwen in San Francisco. Hi, Gwen. You wanted to join us.
3: Hi. Um, I... Um am annoyed by the fact that how whites have um, taken over the Day of the Dead, especially in the mission area. They've named it everything. I remember one year when I used to go, I haven't been in about 15 years, they had a theme, the death of the mission, the death of rent control, blah, blah, blah. All those things are relevant. However, the uh, Day of, of the Dead is that's not it. They shouldn't mm-hmm. use other people's culture to put over their um, uh, political views. And I went to Oaxaca to witness it. And the people—they have a party. They go to the graveyard. They bring food. They wash, the, you know, wash the tombstones and uh, all that. And before I go, I want to give a shout out to my late grandfather, Reverend William Rucker of uh, Kentucky, he was a spiritual warrior.
0: Well, thanks for telling us about him, and and thanks for sharing that perspective. And I'd love to get your reaction to it, um, because I do think that with the growth of Dia de los Muertos sort of commercially, or even just broader understanding of it, I know with the movie Coco and various other things, that there have been both there's been joy in that, but also concern about that. And we have just about 30 seconds, just in terms of appropriation and so forth, and whether or not it's really being celebrated in the way it's meant to be.
1: Yes, in fact, I I often say one of the biggest challenges right now is to retain its authenticity. Um, That doesn't mean it has to stay the same, look the same every year, but we have to keep the spiritual essence of it. And it's also, you know, in, in terms of a time to raise other political issues, um, it can be used that way, but again, it's, it's how we do it. And through the ofrenda advertising, you know, rent control rent gentrification, uh, rent control police violence, it can be done through an ofrenda. Um, mm. But we really have to be careful how this, how this vision is being commercialized
0: yes.
1: uh, and not fall into that.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. Lata Medina of Cal State University, Northridge. Thanks to our listeners for their questions and comments. And to Ariana Prail and Blanca Torres for producing today's segments. I'm Mina Kim. You've been listening to Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.